It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Today on Locked On Blue Jackets, we are going to be previewing the Carolina Hurricanes game tonight, and also uh, we're going to be continuing the conversation that I started yesterday about, uh, well, Johnny Cadero's ice timer, and then also everyone else's ice timer. I got some really good comments from YouTube, so that's what we're going to do today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, uh, ups, downs, excitement, disappointment, all of the above and more about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I do want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So uh, if you haven't subscribed yet over there, then uh, please feel free to do so. It helps me out, it helps you out, you're notified when new episodes go live, everybody wins. I also want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. And where this podcast is going to start is with the Carolina Hurricanes, unfortunately. Um, Blue Jackets, uh, they just played them. They just played them five days ago. Um, and now they have to do it again, which seems unfair, frankly. Um, I believe this is the last one of the season, though, which is uh, exciting because then we don't have to pay attention to them anymore, which I personally love. Um, the Hurricanes, they're not on their insane win streak anymore. They are 6-3-1 in their last 10, though. Um, that one is courtesy of the Blue Jackets. They won their last one, 4-3 in a shootout, the Kirill Marchenko hat-trick game. It'd be real nice if we could do that again, I think. I think that would be pretty, pretty neat. Um, some some uh, lineup news from... The Blue Jackets side of things, um, Trafix Polanski is likely going to uh, go in today. Carson Meyer is out with an upper body injury. Um, he is out, I believe, for six to eight weeks. So I guess just go ahead and add add him to the injured reserve list. Let the man games lost just continue to stack up. Um, there was no Elvis at practice uh, for another lineup. So I would assume that Corpusalo is going to start tonight, backed up by... Uh, Daniel Tarasov, they reassigned Jet Greaves to Cleveland, so he's he's back down there, um, which I assume that means Daniel Tarasov is ready to go. Um, Elvis is uh, out as a precaution, apparently. Uh, he's facing some lingering illness issues. Yep, U.S. Corp style will be a net. It's going to be his 200th game, and there's going to be a lot of game time decisions tonight. Um, if we look at the the lines for morning skate... Uh, Kudrow, Roslovic, Line A, then Nyquist, Johnson, Bemstrom in the top six. And then this is where it's probably going to get a little bit fuzzy. Uh, Foodie, Coralier, Olivier, and then Fix Balanski, Sillinger, and Marchenko. 
Um, I know Eric Robinson was skating as well. I don't know if he'll be in, but it's a good sign that he's skating. Um, Gavrikov, Peak, Bernie Gabranson, Berida, and Boquist as your top six defensemen, although Valislav Gavrikov also missed the last game. Um, that does put Marcus Bjork as the extra. I assume if Gavrikov can't go, Bjork will uh, add in. Doesn't look like Nick Blankenberg is on the ice, which is uh, a little bit of a worry. Um, hopefully, I was hoping that he would be back sooner rather than later, but I guess I guess not. Um, I guess they want to... I, I think what he did was he broke his ankle and sprained his ankle. It was a high ankle sprain, and like you've got to be really careful with those. Um, they're not like regular ankle sprains. They are worse, more painful ankle sprains. So I, I assume that they're just being super careful with him. I would like to see him back, but I would also like to see him back when he is 100% healthy and ready to go. I don't think this team needs to rush him back. You know, we've talked about that at length, about if, it, if a player is hurt, then they need as much time as they need. Like, you don't need to rush a player back in this season because the season's already lost. You know, there is not one player on this team, I think, that could drag this team out of the basement. So, I'd like to see Nick Lankenberg back, but I'm not in in favour of rushing him back. Um on the Carolina Hurricanes side, uh, Max Pacioretty is uh, back, excuse me, with a vengeance. Uh, he missed most of the season so far with, I believe he had off-season surgery. Um, he's only played three games so far. One of them was against the Blue Jackets that January 7th. He had two goals. Um, and then he had another goal against the New Jersey Devils on the 10th. Uh, so they've only played one game since the last time they faced the Blue Jackets. Pacioretty has three goals in his last five games or three goals in his last two games technically, so he's definitely one to watch. Sebastian Ajo doing Sebastian Ajo things. He's got five points in his last five games, and the goaltending continues to be um, pretty spectacular. Um, Kachekov is 10-4-4. and He's got a 9-14 save percentage and three shutouts. Uh, Auntie Ranta, who was in for the loss against Columbus last time, is is uh, he's got an 8-9-4 save percentage, but he's still 10-2-3. and So, and he's got two shutouts. So, it's... It's not, it's, I would assume that they're going to see, they're going to put Kachekov in um, against the Blue Jackets tonight. Uh, I don't know why they put Ranta in last night, but typically I assume that that's just what they're going to do. Um, sometimes the Blue Jackets get the benefit of the doubt and they get to play the backup, but we'll see. Um, like I said, Kupsalo in net for Blue Jackets. Um, he's been good. He's got a 913 save percentage, which is way higher than anyone else on the Blue Jackets. He's only 6-7-1, and one, but... That nine thirteen is uh, is really promising for um, for Corpusalo. So I don't know what to make of this game. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if the Blue Jackets came out and just fell on their faces, and it also wouldn't surprise me if they have another you know high octane four three five four win in like the eighteenth round of the shootout or something. Um, I don't think that'll happen, but. That's kind of, neither one would surprise me. Um, I do like to think that the Blue Jackets would win. They are on a little bit of a losing streak at the minute. Uh, they have lost two games or three games since that last uh, Hurricanes game. So, not great. But at this point, like, if they lose, they lose. And we get closer to kind of Bedard. If they win, then it's great. I get to be excited. I get to talk about a win on the podcast. So it's, it's you know, it's kind of 50-50 here. Um, but that's, you know what? Let's make a prediction. Let's go. I'm going to say 4-2 Blue Jackets. And I'm going to say that the opening goal is scored by 
I'm going to say Kirill Marchenko, who has been red hot. Um, my backup answer, if I'm allowed to do two, and it's my podcast, so I can do what I want, uh, is going to be Patrick Laine. He's not scored in a minute, and I think he's overdue. And uh, we're going to talk about Patrick Laine in, in a little bit, because i got a really interesting uh, Instagram, not Instagram, that's not even almost the right platform. i got a really interesting YouTube comment uh, that we're going to talk about in, in the next segment. There's a lot of different points in it, but we're going to start off with Patrick Laine, so we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online because it is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to baseball's coming back soon to hockey to college sports. Uh, if you want to bet on the Blue Jackets winning tonight, you can do that at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and if you're listening to lots of Blue Jackets, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you love sports podcasts. You can find those at Bet Online as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. So head to the website today, or you your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed and thank you so much for making Lockdown Blue Jackets your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. We are available on YouTube. You're never going to have to get behind a paywall for a Locked On product. And uh, that is our promise to you. So let's... Uh, I got a really great comment from uh, from M. Lind, who is a frequent watcher, frequent commenter. Super appreciate you, my guy. Um, and it's really long and involved. So I'm just going to... I'm going to go kind of piece by piece, because there's some things I agree with and there's some things that I don't agree with. And so I wanted to really kind of break this comment down because I think it's really great. Um, so we're going to start off with, we talked about Patrick Laine. Um, he may not have scored last night, but Laine was the best player on the ice yesterday. Most of the scoring chances were direct or non-direct consequences of Patty checking. I don't think, however, uh, Rosovic was contributing much. Brackets, surprise, surprise. And Nyquist had a surprisingly erroneous game. Some casuals are giving Paddy some crap just because he isn't scoring all the time, but he is more than that now. Plus, he creates more rebounds above expected than anyone else on the team. The boys just aren't scoring on them. Don't even mention the power play. Paddy has half the shooting percentage on unblocked shots compared to Ovechkin. The guys need to get the puck moving much better and make it so that Paddy has a better lane in front of him. He isn't getting the chance to shoot either. Ovi on the caps has four times more shots on goal on the power play, even though he has only played uh, 1.72 times more games. So... I agree with uh, basically all of this, actually. Um, I think that Line has been, yes, he hasn't been scoring, but I think since coming back from injury and illness, like he's he's kind of, he looks like he's missing a step, but in a way where him missing a step is still, you know, a, a way above any other player um, or most other players. Um, he's been uh, our most consistent forward um, in terms of possession, which is a kind of a drum that I've been banging basically all season um i don't know if he's still we're gonna pull up natural stat trick to see uh what they say but the last i checked he was the only healthy blue jacket that was above 50 percent in possession numbers um so we'll uh we'll see if that's still true um he had a great game against um washington uh he is in fact yes he is the only healthy player on the roster that's above 50% right now. Uh, only just, he's at 50.13. He's been in nice 378 shot attempts for and 376 against. Um, 
The problem is a lot of the shots that he's on the net, he's on the ice for are in fact getting blocked. Uh, like I said, he's doing everything right. Um, and he's become, like you say, he's become much more than a, um, a, a one trick pony, I think, which is a thing that he's been getting for a lot of his career is, oh, Patrick Liney can only shoot the puck. Patrick Liney can only stand in that Ovechkin spot. And I think it's just, I think it's just as stupid as saying that Ovechkin just kind of stands in one spot and shoots because Ovechkin is so much more than that power play guy. I do think the power play helps. I really do. Um, in the same way that I think if the Blue Jackets could get the power play going, I think Patrick Liney would just kind of feast on that. Um, they get more shots. I uh, agree that he needs help on the power play. And I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about, well, I think I've, I've talked a little bit on Twitter about how baffling the power play units are for me. I think the top unit at the minute is Rosovic, Nyquist, um, Boquist, Line 8 and Goudreau. And like, obviously with Jenner out, the net front presence is is not really there. Um, Boquist is kind of the third option for the defenseman to quarterback the power play. I think Bean and Wierenski were both more effective at doing that, but here we are. Um, they they play with what they have, you know? Um, but I do think that, yeah, if they if the power play is clicking, if they get the right personnel on there, like I would put Marchenko and, and Johnson on that top power play line. Um, maybe do the, the what they do with the Bungena thing where they get someone else to take the face-off and then immediately swap them out for Johnson because Johnson has been struggling for face-offs. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That just is what it is. Um, and I think, yeah, a lot of bounces have been going the opposite of Line's way. Um when the bounces are there, he's good. Uh, and I think he is a little bit, he reminds me a little bit of like Oliver Bjorkstrand, who was a really streaky goal scorer. And I think Line is less streaky, but I think he has the same kind of, when he's unlucky, he's really unlucky. And when he's lucky, he's really lucky. And it just, he's going through an unlucky patch at the minute. It'd be really great to see him get on the board tonight. Um, like I said in my previous segment, I uh, I would love to see him score the opening goal. Um, I'd love to see him get more than one goal, but He's doing all of the right things. The puck's just not going in. And I think he understands that as well. And uh, if you just keep doing what you're doing, the goals will come. Like, this is this is just how goal scorers work. Sometimes they don't score, and then suddenly the floodgates open. You know, they score in bunches. So I would not be surprised to see Line's first goal be followed by, you know, three or four in quick succession. Not in the same game, obviously, but maybe, you know, one goal and then a two-goal game and then another goal game and then another two-goal game and then maybe a couple of games quiet. Like, like goal scorers are like that. They score in bunches. So I'm not worried about Line A. Um, I do want to uh, follow up a little bit with... Um, I understand Larson limiting Goudreau's minutes. It's a reflection of how Goudreau is carrying himself right now. It's atrocious to look at. He looks like he doesn't want to be there and he isn't leading, which the A requires. I don't agree with that. Um, I think Goudreau is dangerous every shift. I think he's struggling with line mates at the minute, um, which is what we're going to get into in a minute. But that being said, since the team will not make the playoffs anyway, he should plant Patty and Goudreau on the same line and leave them on the same line for the rest of the season. Agree. If you look at the advanced statistics, Patty and Goudreau are the most dangerous players and they should play together. They don't need to divide the talent in a season like this and they won't build solid chemistry without playing a lot together. Agree. Something that I have kind of been going up and down on for... Like, basically, since they separated them, I was like, is it good to split the talent or do they want to put their two dangerous players together? And I think, honestly, like, at this point, put them on the same line. Then you're not splitting the ice time between them. Um, Goudreau has a legitimate NHL goal scorer to pass to. I think that's... And we're going to talk about that um, Goudreau-Johnson Bemstrom line in a minute because I do like it, but Bemstrom, I don't think is top-line talent. I think he's top-six talent. I think he's, he's going to be a perfectly good second-line winger maybe a third line winger um but you want your guys 
that are going to play together for hopefully for the next four seasons, or if not beyond that, you want those guys to play together. So yeah, put put Gaudreau and Line back together, put a center between them. Um, that being said, that is what's happening tonight, I believe. I believe uh, Rostovic is going to be centering them, which is, yeah, is what it is. I don't like it, but putting them together, uh, I think, is maybe a step in the right direction. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them have some real success tonight. Um, especially if we go back to the ice time thing. If they're sharing ice time, then it means that they have more ice time to play. Guys like Marchenko, who has been really good in very limited minutes. Same with, uh, I think Nyquist could do more with a little bit more ice time. Um, it's, I don't know, it's it's a weird one. Um, the only problem with the, putting them together is I do feel like this is um, going to be Emlyn's next point is uh, Larson plays grunts too much, which is because he used to be one. Corrali line does not need to play 15 minutes a night. Let the young kids play who need playing time with each other to build the future. I agree. The problem with putting Gaudreau and Line on the same line means that there's more ice time to give to Sean Corrali and Matthew Olivier, and when he's back, Eric Robinson, which becomes a problem because, as I've said multiple times on this show, it is not a terrible line in a vacuum. They are a line that succeeds when they play less in the same way that, or kind of in the opposite way of, I've talked a lot before about Jonas Corposalo. The more he plays, the better he is. He is not a goalie that can be a backup, um, despite the fact that he has, you know, season backup numbers for many, for many years, he's had kind of backup num backup like numbers. He doesn't have the stats to pass it to back it up basically. But the more he plays, the better he gets. Um, some goalies are like that. Some players are like that. The more they play, the more they thrive. Some players, you need to limit their minutes. And the more limited minutes they play, the better they are. That's true of Gabranson, I think. I think that's true of Andrew Peak. I think uh, that's true of Vladislav Gavrikov. I think the less they play, the more effective they are. And I think that's definitely true of the Corrali line. But because they need grit and heart and forechecking and fighting, that Corrali line is going to continue to get ice time at the, at the detriment to younger players, which is so frustrating. Um, and that's kind of, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to go on too long about that because I feel like it's something that I've kind of gone over, but because you mentioned it, I did want to kind of just gloss over it a little, not gloss over it. That's the wrong, the wrong phrase, but I wanted to touch on it just because this is such a great comment and I've enjoyed, I enjoyed reading it and I enjoyed thinking about the things that you said. Um, and we're going to keep doing that after the break, actually, because I have more to talk about. We're going to talk about Kirill Marchenko and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Kent Johnson. So we're going to do that in just a minute. But first, are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories? You've got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but unfortunately you are kind of a gremlin person that exists entirely on cereal and Slim Jims, then I have got the thing for you. Built is healthy and tasty. They are so delicious that you won't think they're good for you. So they're perfect for your New Year's resolution. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. Uh, I don't know how they do it, but they taste exactly like a candy bar. But they have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to order your boxes. For years, we've been talking about ordering them at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Go to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up. Uh, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs there. Or if you're close to Sam's Club, you can grab in a 13-bar block, a 13-bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. And you can thank me later. Thank me by uh, sending me some. 
because it is difficult for me to get them over here, and every time I get them, I hoard them. So, uh... Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Run, don't walk to Walmart or Sam's Club. So we're going to keep talking about this comment. Uh, there's a couple more points that I want to get to. Uh, we're going to talk about Kirill Marchenko. Um, I love how Marchenko is playing, but the goals are not a representation of the whole truth. His shooting percentage is 32.1, which is twice or more what will be his norm. He's taking over double the amount of shots in percentage unblocked, which is why they're sinking. But he has a great spirit, is a great skater, and I look forward to his development. That great skater in that point, that great skater point is interesting because I've had some comments of people being like, "Wow, Marchenko's such a bad skater." Um, I don't think he's the greatest skater in the world. I think he's probably the weak. If you put him on a line with, you know, um, he's playing with Johnson and uh, Gaudreau for a, for a minute. I think he was the weakest skater on that line. But I think for a guy in his first year in North America, I think he's a pretty good skater. And I think that's something that will come with time and experience and adaption to the game. So I'm not worried about Machenko in terms of how he's moving out there on the ice. I think that's something that will improve. Um, is his shooting percentage going to drop? Oh, almost definitely. That's such an unsustainable shooting pro- shooting percentage. But sometimes guys just decide to go on a tear. Um, and even if, you know, he's got nine games, nine goals in 17 games so far, if he only scores another nine goals for the rest of the season, or if he scores 11 goals for the rest of the season, so over the last, over the next 42 games, that's still a 20-goal season as a rookie. Um, and, you know, Carl Sillinger had a, an incredible season last year, and he only had 16 goals, you know? Marchenko's a little bit older, yes. He's had a little bit more time to develop in the KHL, but... This feels like, I don't know, Marchenko is so fun to watch. Every time he's out on the ice, I'm like, this kid is going to do something cool and crazy and fun. And yeah, I think you're right. He has a great spirit. I think he's got a great future ahead of him. And I'm excited to see it. Um, Last point in this question, we need a proper center. With all due respect to Kent Johnson, he isn't a first-line center or even a second-line center. He might not be a center at all. Johnson, Bemmer, and Gaudreau together can create possession, but they aren't producing results beyond that. I both agree and disagree with this question. Um, I think Ken Johnson is more successful on the wing. I think that's where his game can really flourish. I think he's succeeding at center. Um, I just wish he would have... um, I wish he would have more consistent line mates, first of all. Um, I think he needs to work on his face-offs, which, again, that's a thing that's going to come with time. That's going to come with strength. He's still only 19 years old. Um, and you know, he's, I don't know what his official weight is, but I would guess probably his weight is about 180 pounds. Like once he, once he gets a little bit stronger, once he gets a little bit bigger, I think the face-offs will be easier. Um, so I think that's something that, you know, you got to keep an eye on. I think he's been succeeding. Um, the problem with that line is I think that as much as I love Bemstrom, I don't think he can keep up with Gaudreau or, uh, Johnson. I would be really excited to see a Gaudreau-Johnson line, a top line, for more than five minutes. Um, that being said, I don't think he's the first-line center of the future. Honestly, at this point, I think the first-line center of the future is coming in this draft. Um, the Blue Jackets, if they keep on their path, they're probably going to finish second last in the league. And that means that they're probably going to get second or third, maybe fourth overall pick. Um, we're going to start our draft coverage pretty soon, even if they miss out on Bedard. You know, um, my episode a couple of weeks ago with uh, Hadi Kalakesh of Locked On Initial Prospects. If you miss out on Bedard, like Adam Fantilli or Matt Vay Mitchkov or Leo Carlson, 
or Zach Benson, like those are all incredible consolation prizes. So even if the Blue Jackets draft third overall, they get Leo Carlson, like that's a first line center for this team. So I'm not, I'm happy to keep Johnson there as well. I think even if he does end up playing, you know, on the second line, um, as a center, as a winger, whatever, I think giving him harder minutes now will make him a better player later. So I'm okay with leaving him up at that first line center. I assume when Jenna gets back, he will drop right back down to where he was playing before that. But right now, I think, and that's the other thing as well, is I think that these kids should be playing tougher minutes than they are. I understand one not wanting to ruin their development, and I understand wanting to kind of protect their confidence a little bit. But like, Ken Johnson tried the Michigan last game. His confidence is clearly not lacking. I don't think there's much you could do to this kid other than like cutting his minutes completely. And so, like, I, I just, I, I think the more you play this kid, the tougher the assignments he gets, he's going to flourish. So give him those hard minutes, make him play against Ovechkin, make him play against McDavid, make him play against Crosby. Like, I think that's going to make him a better player in the future. So by all means, is he the first line center? Maybe not, but they might as well keep him there because they haven't got any better options. And I think it'll make him a better player in the future. So um, huge, huge thank you to Emlyn for that comment. Um, I didn't expect to spend as much time on it as I did, but I'm really glad that you sent it in. It gave me some really interesting things to think about, especially in terms of um, line eight and Goudreau. And then obviously, you know, you kind of, you, mass- you manifested that. They'll be doing that tonight. Um, so huge, huge thank you to you. Um, I got some other really great comments on uh, on the the same episode um, from BMO and B Spangenberg. So shout out to you guys as well for commenting. Um, Every comment I get is super great, but when people engage with the episode and ask questions and give their opinions, like that's my favorite. So please, please keep doing that. Um, If you're any of these people, if you're new, hello, welcome. Um, That's kind of all I've got for you today. Tomorrow we are going to break down tonight's game against Carolina and uh, hopefully we'll be breaking down something more fun than the last game I broke down, which was a one nothing loss. So uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening, for making this your first listen of the day every day. Ultra Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So uh, please go and hit subscribe if you haven't already. It means the world to me. It's a win-win for you. You get new episodes. Uh, you get notified when they go live. And like I say, everybody, everybody wins. So go hit subscribe on YouTube and enjoy the game tonight. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.